For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. This is your Colorado Sports Week in Review. Last week for the Denver Broncos, on a somber note, former owner Edgar Kaiser Jr. passed away at the age of 69. He is most famous for bringing John Elway to town, and he owned the team starting in 1981 when he purchased it for an alleged $30 million and sold the team, uh, sold his majority stake in the team to Pat Bolin in 1984. So we wish, uh, wish Edgar Kaiser to rest in peace. Denver Broncos as a team lost this weekend in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs to the New England Patriots by a score of 45 to 10. The season is over. We will see what is in store for the Broncos in what should be a busy offseason. Colorado Avalanche last week finished with a 1 and 2 record, bringing their overall total to 24 wins and 21 losses. 50 points, good for ninth place in the West. Just behind 8th place, Minnesota Wild, who have 51 points. This week, the Avs have games January 18th versus the Florida Panthers. The 21st, they're in Los Angeles to play the Kings. 22nd, they're in Anaheim to face the Ducks. And then on the 24th, they're back home to face the 8th place, Minnesota Wild. Your Denver Nuggets finished last week 2-1 to bring their record to 8-5 on the season. Big win over the hated Miami Heat. 117 to 104, the Nuggets are tied for third place in the Northwest Division, about to embark on a five-game road trip starting tonight in Milwaukee. On the 18th, they play in Philadelphia. The 20th, they're in Washington. The 21st, they're playing the New York Knicks. And on the 25th, they head out west to face the Sacramento Kings. That is your Colorado Sports Week in Review. Ross Martin, let's start the show. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. As always, from DenverStiffs.com, Nate Timmons is here. Yo, people of the interwebs, I hope you're all doing well on this lovely Tuesday afternoon. Ross Martin, my producer, my co-host, how you doing over there? I am doing fantastic. Episode number 24, which started long ago in July, that summer, that is so long ago of 2011, before Tebow time, before the NBA lockout is over. Now here we are sitting in January in a different world. It just seems like such an amazing, amazing, such so much amazing stuff has happened since July. It's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's kind of sad, though, because part of it's over, right? The Broncos yes. are no longer around. Yes, we are going to talk about... The devastating loss to the Patriots this weekend in Foxborough. Wow, that was a rough one to take. But before we get into that, we do want to say we have a very, very, very special guest on the show today. 
we are going to be sitting down with none other than I would like to say this guy has been how do I put this just like such a God, I'm just having a hard time finding the words. How would you describe Gary Miller, Nate Timmons? I would say that he is a uh, local reporting legend in this town. He is. He's been here, um, you know, as long as I remember really paying attention to sports, he has been here. I've seen him on TV almost every day. He uh, had a radio show here for a couple years, two and a half years or so, and we uh, lost that show at the beginning of this year with the business of radio. And uh, so we're going to have to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about the Broncos and hopefully uh, just kind of bend his ear on a lot of stuff. But before we get into that, Nate Timmons, what's up with you, man? Um, I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of somewhat sad that the Broncos season is over, but I'm happy that um, I'm moving full, full swing into my nugget season. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to see some more uh, media attention paid to the NBA, which I love. And um, as far as what else, I don't know, man. I mean, I wake up to snow some mornings. I don't really like to watch. uh, I don't watch the weather. I don't watch news at all. So every morning I wake up, it's kind of a nice surprise if there's like snow outside. Are you small talking our listeners here? Just talking about the weather? Maybe. Come on. (laughs) Show some respect to our listener base here. Oh, gee, there is sunny today. Whatever they do. What is this? This is crazy weather. It's kind of fun to wake up, though, and not know what to expect out of anything. feels like I'm living uh, as like an old, like a caveman or olden times, my Neanderthal years or something. Yeah, good point. You know, you crawl out of your cave. Who knows what the weather's going to hold? Maybe you're going to get eaten by a dinosaur that day. Maybe a a saber-toothed tiger is going to chase you around. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Or did yeah. they live at the same time? Saber-toothed tigers and dinosaurs? Sounds right. On Ice Age, uh, a Dawn of the Dinosaur, they were both there, right? Diego, played by Dennis Leary. Uh, dinosaurs, played by people I don't know. Was that a Pixar movie? I don't know. No. No, it was uh, like a cartoon. Phenomenal. Yeah, well, Pixar's like cartoons, right? Well, they look like computer-generated stuff. Yeah, it's computer animation. Animation, cartoons, what's the difference? I don't know. I don't know. What am I talking about? I, I don't know. <laughs> What's going on? I asked you what was going on. And this is what you talked about. Oh, man. You started talking about the weather. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes weather's uh, an amazing amazing <laughs> thing here in Colorado. I have see, I have noticed that <clears throat> there are some Nuggets players that will complain about the weather like, well, it was just like hot yesterday like on Twitter. They're like, it was just hot yesterday. Like now it's snowing today. Like this is crazy. And it's like. Have you guys never been to Colorado? Is it really that much of a shock what the what this does here? Yeah, it's one of those things that is it's always the easiest thing to talk about when you're talking to strangers. <laughs> uh, it's I would call it the lowest common denominator. <laughs> so anyway, good point. Oh, I'll Move tell you ready. a good story. I got <laughs> oh, a, uh, oh, now you got a good story. Okay. I got a uh, phenomenal haircut today. I went to a, a new place in my neighborhood that just opened up, Roosters. 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 Great place. Didn't know what to expect. Uh, I had seen, I'd seen it opened up over there, and uh, I'd gotten from, in a mail, you know, the little little card, like, $10 off any service, blah, blah, blah. So why not go check it out, right? Support a, a new business in my neighborhood. Um, pretty cool little place. I ended up talking. Uh, had this wonderful gentleman cut my hair. He had um, some figurines up of the Baltimore Ravens Stadium and a couple Ugh. Ravens. Big Ravens fans from Baltimore. Ugh. Whatever. But uh, so horrible. wished him well with his team in the playoffs. You know, I would rather see them beat the Patriots than anybody else. But he was a cool guy. I knew a lot about sports, had some some funny stories about um, I won't name names, but some athletes that uh, 
some some athletes that were now former Denver athletes that you know had dabbled in some extracurricular activities at some bars that he had bounced at and whatnot. Would this guy be interested in hosting a podcast with me? Probably. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be talking about the weather. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel uh, like maybe we're just uh, we don't have you know we're about ready to go over to Gary Miller's house. Yeah, and. That's kind of, I'm I'm a little intimidated right now. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about how this is going to go. Did you ever you ever buy into people when they tell you like these you know these stories about run-ins with players and this and that? Like you think people are being honest about it or they're yeah yeah I mean a lot of it could be a bunch of smoke right and whenever you see an athlete out and about I I remember seeing Champ Bailey a couple of years ago as I was out for a jog through the Highland Square neighborhood I was going in to pick up my laundry from this laundromat and he was going into it was like a restaurant or something like the coral room or something up there yeah and i ran into him and you know he was riding shotgun and some drop top jaguar with some beautiful girl <laughs> drop top right? jaguar do you know what a drop top is Rob? <laughs> <laughs> is that weird uh he was riding uh shotgun in this uh convertible jaguar <laughs> yeah. that sound better <laughs> sure I call them drop tops. I, I think I could do that. Seems right. So anyway, and uh, I was just walking by, and I and I looked at him, and I didn't even say hi. I just kind of saw him, and he was standing right there. I was like, Champ Bailey. He just kind of looks at me and nods and goes on about his way. That's me. That's He knew. He knew exactly who he was. Remember Champ had that injured shoulder a few years ago? One of my friends had seen him out somewhere, and my friend had been partaking in some adult beverages and went up and – had kind of slapped him on the shoulder like, oh, hey, no. champ. I was like, whoa, so you're the reason he was hurt for another week. Huh? Oh, goodness. <laughs> but anyway, enough of my boring, horrible But to answer your existence. question, I mean, I think that people uh, about, uh, you know, when you see players out and about, you probably think, you know, did you expect more from them maybe a little bit? Like maybe you want them to be like, hey, what's up? Uh, you want to come? Yeah, come over. You want to come over to my house and hang out, play ping pong? doesn't happen. <laughs> okay. All right. That's weird. Okay, what's uh, what about yourself, man? What do you got going on? <laughs> I swallowed a bug. <laughs> I, you know, not much is going on with me these days. You know, I've heard stories about you being uh, some type of legendary ping pong player. Is that true? I'm very good. You hustle fools and and dusty smoke calls, smoky ping pong joints. You <laughs> yeah. have read my Twitter bio. I probably should change that. <laughs> I All liked of my it, uh, whopping 130 followers that are mostly not real followers are probably. They're all True. my fake accounts that I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is like? What's the profit in that? I don't understand that. Why? What? Well, how are people gaining from creating all these fake Twitter accounts? I, mean, I, I don't understand what their purpose is. And are there people that are, let's say that they're ingrained enough in social media and technology to be on Twitter and find use out of it, yet they're also dumb enough to just click on things that are sent to you by random people? I mean, granted, I have not blocked people that have followed me on Twitter, even when I know they're just bullcrap because, you know, a follower's a follower, and for some reason I feel like I should have more, <laughs> but, I, I mean, you know, I, Twitter's what's a weird the deal animal. with that? What's the deal with that? I don't understand. It's a weird animal. I like uh, I like a, a really good fake account that I like to follow is Jesus M. Christ, and he has some his pretty funny stuff to say. During Broncos games, it would be, you know, some Tebow-esque comments, of course. You know, but generally some some pretty funny stuff. As now, opposed but. to Jesus H Christ, I guess his yeah. brother. Yeah, and then there's wait, wait that would a... be weird if brothers were had the same first name but different middle names. <laughs> this is a pretty good. It fake would be though. like a different person named Jesus Christ that just happens to have the same name. 
I don't know who that would be. You know what's funny along those lines is I've been getting comments <laughs> like uh, I've been having people friend me on Facebook, and I've been getting people sending me messages that say, uh, "Hey Ross, how are things going over there at Asia Air? Uh, I heard that it was pretty good. Let me know. I'm thinking of leaving Frontier." <laughs> And I responded back. And whoever this Ross Martin is that flies airplanes for Asia Air, I'm now making him famous. But uh, I keep responding saying, oh, yeah, sorry, wrong person. <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh, sorry, there's a guy who lives in Denver with your exact same name who flies airplanes. Of course. And uh, so I just respond back, uh, yeah, not me. Uh, you still want to be friends? <laughs> I had a uh, one of those fake Facebook ones or just a Facebook one where this gal had written me and was like, are you Nate Timmons? It was from some town in Indiana and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, that's not me, you know, whatever. And I wrote something just kind of zany to see if I'd get any kind of response because you just think they're fake. And then I was written back and it was like, well, I had um, moved away. And it turns out that um, this person is the, the father of my child. So if that isn't you, like this is the guy I'm looking for, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but But we can still – uh, we can still talk or something like that. What? I was like, what? So I wrote back like, you know, I'm like, uh, okay. Like you're looking for some dude that supposedly is a father of your kid, but you still would talk to me because I have the same name. I was like, this is bizarre. I don't know. I was probably like, thinking, what would that person say? It would say, well, not me. That's yeah. not me. There's some, what, what, did you ever see that movie that was out about the fake, that person created that whole, like a bunch of fake Facebooks and had dated I did this guy. See that. What was what that called? Was that about? That was a good movie. Yeah, I feel like it was called like Chameleon or something. I'll have to look that up. That was great. Yeah, I did like that one. It was weird. You couldn't tell if it was real or not. I thought it was going to be a horror movie. I thought it was going to be a dude had gotten sucked into this relationship via Facebook, went out to some farm where she lived at in Kansas, and then because that's where the preview cut off, and I was like, this is where it's going to get good. This dude's going to you know have to fight for his life. And then all of a sudden, no, it was just kind of a hokey story. Sorry for those of you who have Catfish. Seen it. Catfish. Yes. Yeah, I did watch that. Such a bizarre movie. Such a weird, weird movie. Well done. Very interesting. Recommend uh, that man, one. Man, I expected a lot more out of it, though. I mean, you get a lot out of it, but it's just different. I thought it was going to be a horror movie, which yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. Well, don't spoil <laughs> it. it hey, be. I heard Brad Pitt is doing a, a, a zombie movie. It's yeah, called like World uh, War Z. World War Z, yes. What yeah. is this about? It's about zombies. Oh, man, I can't wait. I love zombie movies. I know you do. Dawn of the Dead, I'm in. Anything, if you put a zombie in it, I'll watch it. Yep. Oh, love it. I All can't right. wait. So we got 15 minutes or so to kill before we got to hit the road. Go meet Mr. Miller. Should we talk about this Bronco game? Yeah, let's get into it. People don't want to hear about snow and zombies and Well, there's something. Catfish. Yeah, and it, there's a... Uh, it was a weird thing. Like uh, over the past season, we had talked early on when we started doing this podcast about how this is either the best time to start a podcast because we can figure out what we're doing when people aren't really paying attention to sports and get our feet on the ground. And then, you know, oh, after we've we... gotten a lot better, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, instant, you know, after just a few weeks, we got better. We have we've kind of plateaued. Like Ben but... Hawkman told us, episode 14 was you know, he loved it. Killer. That was our where we did interview the Avalanche bloggers. Oh, so, that was a good one. And that was one that, of the best ones. Yeah, and I didn't realize Hawkman was such a big hockey head, but now we know. Yeah, Hawkman loves it. And uh, he did a great job, by the way, last week. That was one of our best ones. But um, but anyway, it was weird how everything changed in week six of the Broncos season. And Tebow made Denver the center of the sports world. 
And that's not even an exaggeration. I mean, that was it the happens. center of the sports <laughs> world. And even to this day, they're still talking about it. Morning on, radio, ESPN, yes. newspapers, blogs, Twitter, Facebook, yes. everything. And there were a lot of players and teams, and there were fans of other teams that were perturbed because Denver There's Broncos was getting all fans this that attention. were perturbed about it. There There's, were some, but what I'm talking about is the overall sports landscape. There were a lot of people out there that were annoyed that there was all this talk about the Broncos and Tebow when the Broncos were not as good of a team to warrant that much attention. And I thought, well, you know, what's the- kind of interesting is that that is kind of like the way it is to be uh, a fan of Denver for most years, listening about New York teams and Boston teams and L.A. teams and Chicago teams. And when all those years, those teams never got that much, shouldn't have gotten that much attention. Well, the biggest stories were probably the Broncos. And then you look at like the New York Jets for all the turmoil they had when the Jets are, have been a mediocre team from the get-go. Yeah, they've gotten to some AFC title games, but... I don't think that's that difficult to do. And then you have a team like the Packers who's, you know, what what were they at one point? 12 and 0 or 13 and 0, and it looks like they might have an undefeated season and you don't really hear anything about them. That's true. That is true. I mean, they were definitely pushed off the front page by the Broncos to a lesser extent the Jets. You see there's only one front page. There's only one room for one guy. That's Tebow. Tebow. But anyway, Broncos lost. I obviously didn't see what happened coming ahead of time i oh, thought I you, the say you didn't see what happened like i didn't watch oh no game. i watched it and uh <laughs> it, was, it was the broncos they they were well, who, saw, they were who everyone else thought they were you saw that for <laughs> to, to I, I, had, I had a feeling that we could see that kind of game from the patriots and the broncos quite frankly but i just had hoped that that wouldn't be the case and after that first drive where the patriots scored i think in three or four plays i was like okay maybe you know they'll have to calm this down you know, you got this big momentum wave, the crowd's into it. This happens a lot. You see it in basketball, you see it in other sports, in the football. And, you know, then it was 14, and then it was the Broncos, you know, got one back, and then they had a chance to maybe tie it on another drive, couldn't get it done, and then it went to 21 and 28 and 35, and you're going, oh, no. It was, it was bad. It was pretty bad. And, and now my question is this, and – I'd love to talk to Gary a little bit about this when we go see him is now that the season's over and we can look back on the success that they had and a lot of the issues that were present is Tebow now truly the long-term solution for the Broncos. Elway said yesterday in the press conference that he was the starter going into Training camp. Spring training, yeah, or training camp, which to me isn't even that big of a stretch. Obviously, he's the only one we have. But on the other hand, it's like, what did Tebow need to do to deserve that, I don't know, uh, public vote of confidence from Elway? I mean, to me, it's of course Tebow's the guy. Of course he is. I, I, I see so much potential in him and so much, so many great things, and it still could be this fact that he changed a season that looks so dismal. It's just, it's so funny too. Cause you don't hear Elway going, you know, Von Miller is going to be our starting outside linebacker heading into the 2012 training camp. Yeah. Champ Bailey is going to be our starting cornerback heading into the 2012. Is that training because people camp. aren't asking him that question? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm at the point where I'm kind of sick of the Tebow circus. It's like, well, this guy's just a, he's a quarterback. He's got so much to improve upon. 
but just the attention that's being paid to every little move is just like overwhelming. Yeah, how much of that do you think is media driven? And how much of that do you think is what the fans want to hear? Because clearly not everybody wants to hear about Tebow all the time. Any, it's kind of like Kim Kardashian or something. It's like you, I haven't watched regular television show on TV in a couple of years, yet I know exactly who all these people are that I've never – I know who the situation is, right? I know who Courtney Kardashian is and all those people. I mean I've never watched a single episode of it yet – it's impossible to avoid it. It's the same way with sports, right? Yeah, so that's what I'm asking. So, like, all these people that wouldn't necessarily pay attention to the Broncos or Tebow, are they just caught up into, oh, this is what we're talking about, this is what we're talking about, and then it's this, you know, snowball rolling down the hill, generating all this momentum, and now it's just what everybody talks about all the time? Or does does Tebow deserve all this attention? I mean... I, I don't understand, like, I, I don't get how it's such a big deal from a, a national perspective because it's like, if you just look at him as a quarterback, if you take away, you know, what he does to inspire people and you take away, you know, the religious stuff, which people are interested in, it's like you just see a guy that's a, a, a medi- mediocre quarterback at best right now, right? I mean, he doesn't throw, due to the, the offensive coordinator, he doesn't throw a lot of passes, he throws maybe 20 a game. He completes, you know, less than half of those. So, I mean, it's not it's not like we're looking at a guy who's been an absolute phenom and we're trying to figure out if he's going to be better in year two. Do you really believe he's mediocre at best? Right now, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't see that. I feel like he's at least pretty, you know, I, I, I feel like at least he's proven that he can – do a lot of things that a lot of players can't, and that is not necessarily throw the ball or, uh, you know, be a perf- you know like that perfect quarterback. You know, it's, it's we've talked about it so many times. I still can't <laughs> can't find the words, but yeah. there's so much he did for this team, and it's pretty cut and dry on when this team started being good or started winning. And that was when he came in. Yeah, it was and week, so, week five to week six. It was, it was a different team. Yeah, it was between that those two weeks, right? And so I I feel like he has the utmost. I, I really want him to be the quarterback for the long term. As Elway said yesterday, 10 to 12 years. Anytime you have that situation, that's a good thing. <laughs> okay, thank you, Elway. We know that. But I really think he could be, and I hope he is. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to say, oh, we'll see what happens, but I really want him to be the guy because why like, does it have to reason, be him? I just, I just, I don't know. I just, he just changed this entire season so much that to me, I want to stay on. I want, maybe I just want to feel that feeling more, like heroin, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> wanna, it's like every time, the first time Tebow's been compared to heroin. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, Tebow is like heroin. You know, every time you do it, you want to feel the same time you first like you feel like you did the first time you did it. See, I just don't. I, I don't really have strong feelings towards Tim, Tim Tebow one way or the other. If I want him to be the quarterback, I don't really care if he is or not. I mean, if he if the Broncos drafted some guy this off season and he looked like phenomenal and he won the starting job and played and took the Broncos to the playoffs, the town would go nuts for him. People would forget about Tim Tebow almost as quickly as they fell in love with him. And it wouldn't be a story in Denver anymore. They'd probably trade him or cut him, and he'd go be, you know, a circus somewhere else where he'd have all this crazy attention. But 
I just, I don't know. I don't have like a big emotional tie to him one way or the other. Like, yeah, I liked watching him play. I didn't particularly like watching him throw the ball. It was almost like when he completed a pass, it was like almost a, a cause for celebration at some points in time. That's true. It was kind of like I needed him to complete the passes so I would feel good you know, about him because I wanted him to succeed so much. Yeah, but it got, it got annoying too just like that he wasn't given the opportunity more to succeed. Like people are like, well, he only completed – you know, he completed less than half of his passes. It's like, yeah, but he only threw like 15 to 20 a game. It's like, why not just let this kid air it out, you know, 30 plus times and just, you know, if it's horrific, it's horrific. And at some point they're going to have to do that, whether it's this off season with Elway working with him, he's going to, you know, try to work on his mechanics. I don't believe you can, I don't know what you can do to try to make somebody throw more accurately. I mean, I've tried to teach, you know, some people how to throw a ball in my lifetime, and it's like you can either throw or you can't throw. It's not something that I think you can really tinker with all that much. So if it is all about leg work and, you know, leg strength and footwork, then maybe he can change a little bit. But at this point, if this is all he's going to be able to do, then I don't think he's going to be the answer for this team long term. Let me ask you this. Okay. Now, picture Tim Tebow failing right at quarterback i mean just picture that and then a couple years from now tim tebow's out of the league right Mm -hmm. and everybody is basically i would i would guess at that point two years from now if he's out of the league no longer an nfl quarterback everybody is going to be saying I told you so. I was right the whole time. But now think about that. Now, can you honestly picture Tebow out of the league, not playing at this point or two years from now? Because I certainly cannot. He just seems like the guy whenever he is challenged and basically whenever he is written off, he comes back and he, I don't know if it's him or or what, but he comes back and he, Brings everybody back onto the bandwagon, right? Like he keeps bringing well, would you them see back. him coming back at a different position, or are you just talking about he'll succeed at trying to be like we saw with Bradley Van Pelt? He wanted to be a quarterback no matter what. If that meant him washing out of the NFL, that's what he did. And he went and played uh, professional soccer. You know, he said it was either quarterback or bust. For Tebow, if it's quarterback or bust, you're not going to get. A, well, I don't know. Okay, lots of guys right, do get right. lots of opportunities. Here's the deal. I kind of understand why you're comparing Bradley Van Pelt to Tebow, but on the other hand, because they're kind of similar quarterbacks, but on the other hand, Bradley Van Pelt, even a CSU fan would say he did not represent half the character that Tebow had. No character, but he could throw and, the ball pretty decently. Right, but and also he wasn't the type of physical specimen of Tim Tebow. Um well, I don't know about that. He and, was a pretty big dude. Bradley Van Pelt never had as much success as even Tebow has had in the NFL. If if Bradley Van Pelt had the outside following, would he maybe have gotten a chance to play quarterback somewhere in the NFL? I mean, Denver didn't really give him an opportunity here. Tebow got an opportunity, but was Tebow really that much more successful than Van Pelt once they got into the NFL? Way more. I mean, he went – was six and one in seven games. I mean, I, I don't think if you would have given a one and four team to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. If you gave Van Pelt the reins to a team when he was playing, he might've been able to do what Tebow did this year. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
I I can't even comment on that. All right, no, you're out of your mind. <laughs> but you know what's funny is that that's the same response a lot of people are having when they hear about people say that about Tebow. Right? I mean, people are like, get out of here. Tebow's not an NFL quarterback. But but keep in mind, Bradley Van Pelt didn't have near the success at any level that Tebow's had. Bradley Van Pelt was nowhere near yeah, a smaller Trophy school didn't winner. win Heisman didn't yeah, yeah, didn't, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, not saying they had similar careers at all I'm just saying they had similar tools and I think Van Pelt may have been I don't know we didn't really get to see it but may have been on the same level throwing the football as as Tebow perhaps Tebow could run the ball a little bit better than Van Pelt if it came to a running situation but I don't know Van Pelt had some success in the NFL running the football yeah I don't know. I just don't. I, I think Tebow got. I think he's getting more of an opportunity because of his persona than it is than he proved anything. Like, what did he prove over the first four or five weeks of the NFL season that that led John Fox to be like, we got to turn to this guy. We have to put him in. I think it was more so Kyle Orton failing at what he was doing, and the Broncos saying, "Hey, we have a huge, uh, you know, uh, fan base, a national, everybody wanting us to play this kid." This guy surely isn't going to do anything, and he looks awful. Let's just put the kid in and see what he can do. And that and that has been a lot of. But the, Tebow also took off with the success, and you know. And yeah, I mean, comparing Tebow to Van Pelt is ludicrous. Ludicrous, but <laughs> you know, I mean, but I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like similar type guy, you know. But Van Pelt, I don't think that he anybody was ever. I mean, here's the deal. Do you really think that John Fox and Elway were saying, oh, man, you know, the fans, everybody wants them to play. we got to play them or else they're going to kill us? Or Maybe. I mean, yeah. There I, was no, I think I'd mentioned that earlier that that's a possibility. It's not like Tebow all of a sudden after five weeks was like tearing it up in practice and they're like, wow, we can't keep him off the field anymore. I think it was more, wow, we can't keep Kyle Orton on the field anymore. We're that, one and four and he has no future here. That is absolutely true. And I, as much as anybody wanted to see Orton, I wanted to see Orton be gone more than I wanted to see Tebow play. I wanted Tebow I would have been to happy to see because... Brady Quinn start after. Um, oh, really? No way. I would, I would have rather seen Brady Quinn start than Orton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if that was our only option, I would have wanted that because I was just. I, and supposedly Brady was the number two quarterback, so why did you put the number yeah, three quarterback? Yeah, by the way, I don't in? believe that at all. I don't never remember any of that. People are saying, oh, he's a four string quarterback. He was not. Tebow was never the four string quarterback here. And a lot. And I believe he was. People before training camp, after the lockout was over, I think, I think even Elway and the Broncos thought, and John Fox thought he was going to be number one. And training camp just didn't go that way but yeah. and i do i do believe with with tebow that i think he's you know a phenomenal athlete he's got incredible work ethic i hope that he does spend the time in the off season um you know working as as much as he can with john elway and trying to get better i don't think he can start working with the broncos again until sometime in april so if he can put in a full off season uh, without having too much of his off the field stuff take time away from him i want to see him succeed because he is a good guy he does bring a lot of intangibles. He fires up his teammates. A lot of it, I mean, the team rallied around him. You can't deny that. You can't say that, you know, by putting Brady Quinn in, you would have had the same results. It was something about Tebow that fired that team up, whether it was, you know, the way he talked to him off the field or his play on the field, he was inspiring. Uh, he can run the ball. He makes, you know, good decisions. He doesn't turn it over. He doesn't risk things. 
but at some point he is going to have to, you know, learn how to learn how to throw the ball. He's going to have to learn how to take chances. He's going to have to become more accurate. And if he doesn't do that and he washes out, then, you know, such is life in the NFL, the NFL, you know, churns guys and spits them out every day. So. Absolutely. Well, Nate, let's do this. We got to hit the road here in a couple minutes. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go meet Gary Miller and see what he has to say about some of this stuff. All right. The phone rings. Get it quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The man you just heard there is Gary Miller. We are uh, pleased to have been invited over to his house today to record a quick interview with him. Gary, how are you doing? Doing well. Thank you, fellas. And. uh... What is it you really want to talk about? Well, you know, you know, we we've done a few interviews before with some some uh, you know some writers and so forth, and it's always nice to get a little bit of background. For a guy like me, you've always been a part of the sports landscape here, but I know you weren't in Denver for your entire career. So maybe tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to Denver. Well, it's, it seems like a long time ago now, and really it is. You you were just a kid when I got to Denver, but uh, you know, I I started working in television and and got two or three or four jobs, uh, uh, Tri-Cities, Washington, uh, San Luis Obispo, California, Bakersfield, California. And around 1991, uh, there was an opportunity in Denver. I didn't know anything about Denver. And the next thing I knew, I was coming out here for a job interview, and and suddenly I was doing sports in Denver, having really never been in Denver before. So that's kind of how it worked out. I started originally in radio, you know, had a couple of radio jobs, uh, transitioned into television. So that's kind of kind of how it happened. And again, you know, for Denver was a foreign land to me when I got here. Just a cow town, right? Is what people well, thought. Well, you of know, it? I really, you know, to me, it was a big city because I had worked at only small places. And my goal had always been to get to a place that had uh, major league sports and, and and a big airport. So, okay. so, so once I got to Denver, I was thrilled. And two weeks after we got to Denver, they announced that the major league baseball had granted uh, Denver and, and and you know the Rocky Mountain West a baseball team. And, and next, and I'm a huge baseball fan, as you probably know. And the next thing I knew, I was uh, doing live shots all over the country, explaining to, to different stations in Miami, you know, and New York and, and L.A., uh, what it meant to the Rocky Mountain region to get baseball, you mm-hmm. know, and who better to tell them than a guy who had been here about two minutes. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you saw, so you saw the Rockies come. You saw the Avalanche move here from Quebec. You saw the first uh, championships that the city's seen with the Broncos and, and the Avalanche. So I wanted to ask you a little bit because it seems like this past football season has been just a whirlwind and something that kind of was a surprise to most people. Was this the craziest time you've had in Denver covering sports? Yeah, probably so, only because it was so unique. I mean, when you have a, a guy like Tebow and and nobody's on the fence, uh, either you think he can play or you think he can't play, and that he's all anybody wants to talk about. And you know, some people around the country call them the Denver Tebows now, and I'm not sure that's right. that's a compliment for some people. So I think in terms of what happened this year is people who didn't care about football. People who didn't care about the Broncos started caring because of Tebow, the kind of person he is, the religious aspect and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, the Broncos became the biggest story in the NFL. And I remember telling people at the start of the year, they were essentially the most anonymous team in the NFL. They didn't have you know, Elvis Dumerville is a terrific player, Ryan Clady. You know, they had some players, but for the most part on a national level, the Broncos didn't matter. 
I mean, they hadn't had, you know, they make a big deal out of uh, the CBS number one crew of Jim Nance and Phil Simms doing the games. Well, they, they hardly did any games for the Broncos the last couple of years. They did the Green Bay game this year, and then as this thing, you know, snowballed, they did the last five. Bronco games. Right. I mean, we were getting announcers we never heard of to do the games because they were being seen in such such a small area. But, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, when I, when I got here and stuff, just to back up a little, I have. I've been here for the golden age of sports, uh, getting baseball. You know, uh, I mean, the first day at Mile High Stadium when Eric Young hit the home run, 80,000 people, the oh, first yeah. batter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That was unbelievable <laughs> to, to be to be here for that. And then, then the Broncos win championships. Along the way, we get the Avs. The Avs actually came first. And we didn't just get a hockey team. We got a great hockey team. Yeah, they're ready-made. four or five Hall of Famers. And, and in fairness, I've always said if any area did not deserve a Stanley Cup, it was the, it was the you know, Denver and, and Colorado. Because, you know, nobody exactly suffered with this team. But still, it was great fun to, you know, cover them and stuff. And then win another Stanley Cup five or six years later. Uh, new stadiums, the Pepsi Center, Coors Field. You know, what was Invesco Field and a Sports Authority Field. So I really feel like I, I, I've been here when, when it all happened, really the, the golden age of Denver sports. So that's that's been a great uh, great deal of fun. And you've also dealt with a lot of uh, the, you know, some of the poorer seasons of all the teams here. Rockies, obviously, when they first came on. Um, do you change the way, like, um, obviously there's more people watching, you know, your show when – the teams are doing well. Does it that affect like the like the morale when you guys are around the sports room? At your, yeah, at, yeah. Know? Well, I'm not sure it affects us in the, in the sports office. It certainly affects us when you go in the locker room, you know, and, and or the clubhouse, and the team is doing well and the players are happy. That's why you know we're not fans, we're not rooting, but you know we get to know these guys and they become you know friends on some level and certainly you know pretty pretty good acquaintances. I'm in that Bronco locker room three days a week and then four if you count Sunday after the game. And, you know, you get to know people, you like them, you want them to win, you know, and why would you not? Mm-hmm. And certainly everybody's happier when they win and, and that sort of thing. So I'm not sure that anything that we do is contingent upon, you know, the teams winning. We're still going to do the same job. And sometimes it's, you know, a bad team. I mean, like a really bad team can be even more interesting. You know, it, it, mediocrity is not so much fun. But if you're really bad, like the year the Nuggets law, you know, won whatever it was, 9, 11, 10, 11, yeah, games. 11 games. Yeah, 11 games. I mean, you know, that, I mean, that's like a train wreck, you know. So so that is interesting and, and that sort of thing. The other thing I thought and, and I, I believed when it happened was that it would never be the same about the Broncos when John Elway retired. I thought, well, well, that's it. It won't be, you know, was the next thing you knew, Bobby was the quarterback briefly. Then Brian Greasy got the job in, in uh you know, during preseason, and yet the interest only increased. And, and it goes back to kind of my train wreck theory. You didn't have one of the great quarterbacks of all time. Now you had a guy who was trying to prove himself, and, and so everybody had an opinion on him. So even though the Broncos, I think, went 6-10 and 10 that year, interest was still sky high. And, and, and certainly now it's higher than ever for all kinds of reasons because of Tebow. You said when you got here in, in 91, I mean, that was – Elway had you know lost some big games at that point in time. The Super Bowls weren't to come until you know ninety eight, ninety nine. Did you guys lead off? Do you remember leading off a lot of stories with the Broncos with John Elway at that point in time? And then now it's kind of similar to where a lot of stories get let off talking about Tim Tebow. Yeah, you know, there's a thing that we always say: when in doubt, you know, talk about the quarterback because he's somebody that everybody can identify with. I mean, if you're a sports fan like the three of us, you're going to watch anything. Yeah. But if you're not that big a sports fan, you need names 
that you care that you recognize that you care about. So you know we we always kid. Uh, some of the columnists have always said, "I don't know what to write to this." So write the quarterback. <laughs> Everybody will want to hear about the quarterback. So so I think that that's certainly true. I mean, Elway's always been a lightning rod. You know, uh, w- when I got here, there was the frustration over not winning the Super Bowls. Uh, I remember when you know John John's mom said when they made it in '98. Do we have to play this game again? John talks about that, that all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, well, the only way you're going to win it was to get back in it, and that's exactly what they did. And that Bronco team, and Shannon Sharp will tell you this all the time, they knew they were going to beat the Packers. And I'm not sure the rest of us knew they were going to beat the Packers, but they said as they looked at film and, and what they could do offensively, they had tremendous confidence that they could go and, and win that game. And, and how great was that? I mean, you know, the Avs won the championship all well and good, but the, the depth of emotion that people around here had and their feeling for the Broncos. And I said it would never be the same. It certainly was not the same the next year when they beat Atlanta. That was kind of a letdown because everybody wanted to see him play Minnesota, and yeah. Atlanta snuck in, and it was yeah. like Dan Reeves and Shanahan thing again. And, and Bron- <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember. And the, and the Broncos, you know, they won, and it wasn't the same. And I'm not sure it'll ever be the same. You know, the first time's very special, and, and you know, like you guys were here. You, it's like, well, they'll never win. They might make it. They've been there before, but they'll never win. Suddenly, they had won, and Elway had won. And the sad thing is, to me, as great as John, you know, was, that for some people he needed that to validate his career. And I didn't feel it. John Elway is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You know, when he lost to the 49ers, I mean, the, you know, they had a bunch of Hall of Famers. They were a far better team. There was not, nothing he could do. You know, it wasn't his fault the Washington Redskins scored 35 points in the second quarter uh, of, that, yeah. of that other Super Bowl. He, you know, I, remember, I remember Elway throwing a pass in that game, if you guys remember, to Mark Jackson when they lost to the Redskins in the Super Bowl. And I wasn't here yet. And he threw the ball. It had to be like 70 yards in the air. It came down right in Jackson's hands. And I'm thinking, that's one of the greatest quarter passes I've ever seen. They led 10 nothing. Right. Well, they gave up 35 points in the second quarter. I, I can't blame John for that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He'd make throws once or twice a game that would have you awestruck. Oh, the talent. <laughs> and that's the thing. When people compare Elway and Tebow, you know, you know, Tim does it a different way. He's got this, he's got this charisma. He's an incredibly hard worker. You know, he, he, he seems to inspire other players. But when you talk about some people say, well, someday he can be Elway. He can't be Elway. He, he'll be Tebow, and he'll do it his way. But, but John had a, a God-given gift to throw the football like virtually no one has ever had. T- Tim doesn't have that. He can make plays with his legs like John, maybe even better than John. But he'll yeah. never be able to throw the ball like John. He's going to have to do it, as I say, his way. Now, the, when you were talking about the Super Bowl validating Elway's career, that reminded me of something that we've been talking about on the podcast lately, is that Mecklenburg was a final, or at least in the semifinals for the Hall of Fame. And then just last week, you know, we found out that he and Terrell Davis and Steve Atwater did not make the final cut, I guess. Now, as far as a guy like Mecklenburg, you know, do you, you know, you know, which I guess you may, you may have covered him just a couple a of years. Bit, yeah, I was here for a few years with Carl. Yeah. Now, you know, or, or even Atwater and, and even Trail Davis, do they need, you know, will the Hall of Fame further, you know, legitimize their career or, you know, because I feel like a lot of the Broncos don't get a fair shake at the Hall of Fame. And I don't know how much of that is my just my de- being a Denver Cowtown insecure guy. But. Yeah, well, well, some of it is. I mean, there's no getting around it. You know, I didn't grow up here, so I don't have that feeling. You know, I, I look at Atwater, however many times, seven, eight, nine-time pro bowler, 
you know, perhaps his greatest game in Super Bowl 32. Yep. You know, yep. the big hit on Okoye on that Monday night game, and, and certainly you look at him. But the, the problem is, and I know people on the Hall of Fame committee, um, and they feel this way about every in every city. That they look at players on their team who haven't gotten it. They're allowed to admit six players a year. It's just it's just a, a brutal numbers game. Uh, I mean, you can make a great argument for Terrell. You know, Super Bowl MVP, regular season MVP, two thousand yards, seven straight hundred yard games in in postseason play. Nobody's ever done that before. Two Super Bowls. But unfortunately, his career was four or five years, and, and that's how other people look at it. So, I mean, we have our own biases here, but I'm telling you, we could go through every team in every city, and, and they would come up with you know players they consider to be worthy candidates. The, the, the great thing is, got John in. That was, that was a no-brainer. Right. Took a couple of years, <laughs> got Shannon in, Zimmerman, and I'm not sure if you guys consider Gary a, a real Bronco because he played half his career with Minnesota. And that sort I of do. thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's here cool. for the Super Bowl. So, so yeah. you got three Broncos in in recent years, so that's a lot better than, than we had done before. But again, when you see all the names that you know that are on the list, and, and you get 40 guys going in a room, and they all have their particular biases, and, and, and the only thing going against Terrell is obviously to have longevity. Uh, yeah. I mean, Atwater, you know, you know, seems like a terrific player. But, you know, I mean, John Lynch is coming up soon. Is John going to get in the Hall of Fame? You consider him a Bronco? Uh, yeah, I think he's got a great chance to go in. Ultimately, Champ Bailey will go in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really – for me, a guy like Mecklen- Mecklenburg was, was a really good player. What, was he a great player? You know, before your, your guy's time is Randy Gratishar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the guy everybody thinks should be in the Hall of Fame. But other people will tell you the pads were stacked – or the uh, the stats were padded here in Denver, and, and that he wasn't as effective, you know, uh, compared to guys like Lawrence Taylor and some of the other great linebackers. But for people who saw him play, they think that it's a no-brainer that Gratishar should be in. Yeah, and that's one thing is um, there's rumors about how the reason why Denver has been neglected is because the integrity of some of the journalists back in the 70s and even the 80s maybe weren't up to like I guess the standards and they felt like there were statted or padded stats and there well, were yeah. and, and and I don't know do you, do you have you heard I'm not sure the any? journalists did the stats well, well the teams do the stats and the and so in other words so you know we'd have to look and I'm not sure yeah. this is true but we could look and see if Randy was making a lot more tackles at home than he did on the road you know and that would tell you that perhaps some of those stats were padded having said that he's a great player and I don't I don't think a lot of people would have objected to him being in but again, compared to some of the other guys who is he, up, he was up against in those particular years, you know, when you get a, get a Hall of Fame, you're, you know, Marshall Falk's going in. Deion Sanders is going in. I mean, no-brainers. So what are you going to do? Now you're down to four guys. Okay, so, yep. so when you have that year after year, when there are some guys who are absolute givens, John Elway, mm-hmm. you know, I think Woody Page is, uh, what these guys do, if you guys don't know, they go in a room, you know, Super Bowl weekend, and they vote. And somebody then, you know, gives a kind of a speech for, you know, that guy's candidacy. Then Woody Page stood up for John and said, um, ladies and gentlemen, John Elway. And he sat, and he sat down. <laughs> yeah, that's all he needed. And that, and, that was, and that was all he needed. And John was unanimous. I mean, that's all you had to do. But other guys, Floyd Little got in. And Jeff Legwald, who, who worked at the Rocky and now is at Denver Post, did a brilliant job, you know, to convince the people who were younger and hadn't seen Floyd around, how special Floyd was with his, with his charts and his graphs and his stats, and actually sold Floyd Little. Not that he should have had him been sold because he was that great, but, but, you know, I mean, people hadn't seen him and, and explained to them why this guy got 
deserve to be in the Hall of Fame and got Floyd Little in the Hall of Fame. So you need you need that support from somebody. And believe me, Legwald worked for weeks and months compiling his argument. It's almost like you know, you know a lawyer preparing for trial yeah. to, to get a guy like Floyd Little in the Hall of Fame and was successful doing it. Yeah, and when we talked to Carl Mecklenburg, he actually praised Jeff Legwald's work and said yeah. that he had, had been oh, doing it, a great it, job. It wouldn't happen without Jeff, and that's not fair because Little did the work, but Jeff had to bring it to the forefront. And even I'd need you know, to know more about Floyd Little. You know, I didn't see Floyd Little. I'd, I'd need to know more about what Floyd Little did and how great he was, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, that, that's the whole thing. You guys got to remember, that there are all these other teams, and they all have players they feel are worthy of being in the Hall of Fame, and, and the committee picks six a year. And, I'm, and they're in that room for hours and hours. And I'm, I'm telling you, from everything I've heard, it's not really a lot of fun. Are there mm-hmm. fistfights that break out in there or anything? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about their arguments. Their arguments for sure, you yeah. know. As people have have their own, you know, prejudices and, and support their candidates and stuff, and they feel passionately about something, yeah, there's plenty of arguments. Okay. Now let's change gears a little bit because I know you're short on time. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, a lot of people and our listeners, and we see it on Twitter a lot, is a lot of people are a little bit disappointed that you and Vic aren't on the air, including myself anymore. Now, um, do you see an overall change in radio as uh, going away I mean, let me frame it like this. It seems like out of all the radio, the type of radio that's thriving the most is sports talk radio. But then on the other hand, it seems like a lot of that, the shows are going away from localized content and more national. Do you see that as well? Or is, again, that's just something we recognize here in Denver? Well, again, Ross, is, you know, unfortunately it comes down to money. And, and you know, what, what for the people who run radio stations, it costs them to produce these things how they can make the most money. You guys got to understand, television, it's a business. You know, I mean, it's not a philanthropic deal. These people are in this game to make money. And ultimately what happened with us was um, the station had a chance to get ESPN. They didn't have to pay guys like Vic and me. Um, and, and, you know, that, that became something that was financially a better deal for them. The other thing about it is, and the, and the truth of the matter is, the, the ratings for the local sports talk shows are not, are not spectacular. You know, so so, and you need the ratings to to get the uh, to get the sponsorship and that kind of thing. So ultimately, it's you know, a guy puts a pen to paper or goes to his computer, figures out how can I make the most profit in all this thing. And you'd like to say, well, we're doing it for the good of the sports fan, and, and you <laughs> right. want to help the sport. You know, you want to you want to consider the sports fan and stuff. But ultimately, you know, they got to pay their electric bills. They got they got to pay the people who work there and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, Vic and I were kind of victims of that. But, you know, we, had, we did two and a half years. We had, we had a great run. Um, we're about to go talk to somebody else about, about potentially starting up again. All right. And I, and I think we will. I think there's a, there's a chance of that. But, again, it's, it's all figures. I mean, you know, we, we got great response to our show. People seem to get a kick out of it and stuff. And, and we'll see about it. But, you know, in this, you know, I've been at Channel 4 for over 20 years. I mean, that's... In this business, that's pretty rare. Yeah, you know when you think about it. So I, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, you show up, you go to work, you hope things work out. You know, you don't give your opinion very much because your bosses don't really want to hear it. You just <laughs> right. kind of, you just kind of do what you're supposed to do and do the best you can, and um, and we'll see what happens. So you know, as far as the radio thing goes, I mean, radio is the most. I mean, that business just seems to change hour by hour. So anything could happen there. You know, one day you're here, one day you're not. And, and so we'll see what happens. I'll just say this. We, we started it two and a half years ago because Vic and I would come back from Bronco games 
and we, you know we we take an early morning flight out of wherever we were. We'd land at you know DIA at seven thirty or eight in the morning. We turn on the radio. There's no local sports talk. And Vic and I started talking about it, and we, we hooked up with a guy we felt could sell it and that sort of thing. And, uh, and and we bought time from a radio station, and it was very successful financially. So successful, the fellow wound up buying a couple of uh, other radio stations. Next thing we knew, he had 38 employees. Wow. So, um, so but things changed. That's what I mean. We started out with three. A year later, we had 38. And then a year and a half later, we're gone. You know, so, so but, but again, it, it's all really financially dictated and, and and these are these are businesses and when you're in the business you, you really come to understand that and i but and i know that it wasn't uh like you guys were aware of the changes far in advance yes right yeah mm-hmm. because i remember you know reading an article about who's buying that station and, mm-hmm. and the contract so it wasn't like you know no, you we weren't blindsided yeah. yeah no no, yeah. no we were in it you know we're all adults in this and we all get it so, you know, I mean, you know, we, we had the kind of relationship. We all knew what was happening all along. And, and really, I think if the ratings had gotten better. Now, I couldn't go anywhere without people telling me they heard the show. But but there are these people meters now, and, and some stations don't show up. And we weren't showing up for whatever reason. Although everything uh, everywhere I went, people told me how much they liked the show. So, <laughs> right. so somehow some yeah. people were listening. But when it came to the specific, this people meter way of, you know, measuring your audience, um, that didn't do us any favors. So... Here, it is, here we are. It is strange because when I get in my car, at least, and I'm searching for for sports talk, I don't want to listen to the Minnesota Vikings. I don't want to listen to problems about the New York Yankees. I want to listen to to Colorado. So it was it was nice to have you know you and Vic on and have a an outlet to where I could hear that local talk. Yeah, and I think a lot of people did like that, and certainly you know, and around here, you know, you do the Broncos, you know, pretty much twelve months a year. Right. But certainly during football season, you, you dissect it. I mean. You know, I was listening to some stuff. It's still Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. The season's over. It's still Tebow, Tebow. Uh, I'm wondering if it'll be Tebow in April and <laughs> May. I and have June. a feeling. I mean, <laughs> it may well be. But you know, we we try and we think we have a pulse on what people. We do what people want to hear. I mean, that's what these all these all these shows do. We try and figure out. And, and, and you know, since we talk to guys and stuff, we have a pretty good idea of what's on people's minds, and we try and give them what what they want to hear. So so that's kind of the way. You know, it's not really what necessarily we want it. I'm a big baseball fan. Vic's a bigger Nuggets fan. You know, Vic likes soccer. I'm not that big on soccer. You know, so we don't necessarily talk about the things that, that we'd want. You know, it's it's more about it's just like we do the sports cast on Channel 4. It's based on what we think has the broadest appeal to the most people. And, and that's kind of how we gauge what we put on television. And that's that's great. And I noticed that it, when I listened, then then I would maybe listen to a different show later on. It was definitely a little different than most of your usual sports talk radio shows. So I think people appreciate that a lot as well. Now I would be remiss if we sat down with you and didn't talk about Tebow. A wise man once told me, "When in doubt, talk about the quarterback." So, so, you know, it's been hard because. I you know I haven't heard your take on the radio about Tebow obviously because and you weren't of the listening change well before you know we well you know, not, we I mean we we gave it pretty much from July to December sure that's a good point but I mean since you know the Steelers game yeah. and, and you know the Patriots game and now uh, I know you were at the news conference yesterday with the Broncos right. and a lot of people are making a big deal they make a big deal out of everything sure. Elway says and and now he says okay you know he's a starting quarterback going into 
training camp, which I don't even think that's a stretch really at this point. And I, but well, what choice did they have? They, they right. only have yeah. you know Adam Weber is the only other quarterback under. But I, I think what the, the thing here is that he's so popular and he transcends sports, and people who don't care about football care about this. And, and he certainly did enough. I mean, you know, he was eight and five as a starter, and he deserves to have have that you know opportunity to be the starter. But the point is, he's got to play well. I mean, he's got to get better. He's completing nine or ten passes a game. He, he's, at, he's at 44, 45% of his completions. Can't play that way. It won't work. Now, he does some other remarkable things, his ability to run and all this other stuff, but we also saw plenty of games where that got shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ultimately, and John always made this very clear, you must win from the pocket. So what they want is a guy that John wants a guy like himself, a guy who can, <laughs> guy who can throw. Guy, yeah, everybody does. <laughs> a guy who can throw really well, you know. But then if the play breaks down, then he can use his legs to escape and buy more time. And, and Tim's always been a guy who kind of looked. If the guy wasn't there, he took off, and he's working on it. Now, you know, I asked Elway yesterday because he said, you know, Tom Brady's kind of the guy you you look to now as a you know the, the kind of quarterback you'd want. Can can Tim be? Tom Brady, and he said, well, we hope so. Well, clearly he doesn't throw that well. He's not accurate enough, consistently enough, to, to, be, to be the sort of quarterback that Drew Brees is, that Aaron Rodgers is, that Tom Brady is. And maybe he never will be, but can they get him up to 55% where, where they, they can count on him to throw the accurate ball? And I'm not just talking 40 yards downfield. How about 10 yards downfield? And the thing we noticed about Tim, and he, he was better against Pittsburgh, but not in the other games, he, he was willing to let the ball loose. And he certainly threw the deep ball well against the Steelers. But the other night, again, as we watched, we were in the end zone, high up in the end zone, so we had a pretty good view of the, you know, the, the spacing and everything. Guys break open, and Tim doesn't throw the ball. Yeah. Tim, and, and, and John said a few weeks ago, he's got to pull the trigger. He's got to pull the trigger. And, and, and John feels that, you know, really a passer's accuracy starts with his legs, and Tim hasn't developed that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And there's another school of thought that Tim's too muscle now, doesn't have free range of motion with his arm. And, and that's something else they may deal with in this offseason. Bottom line is that, that fans love him. He has proven he can win. But in the long run, can you win the way he's playing now? And I think the Broncos and most people don't feel he can. So now it's time to see if he can evolve and, and become more of what it takes, you know, what we see other quarterbacks doing when they're successful in the NFL. And it seems like a lot has been said about, you know, John Alley being in this tough position. And I almost look at it like it's the easiest position in the world because even if you don't win, it seems like Tebow's going to sell tickets. And you said earlier with radio, it's everything's about money. And, you know, I'm sure they get, you know, money for every time a Tebow jersey is sold. So it's almost like... It's kind of a no-brainer because people like to see Tebow, and then you have this kind of grace period to go find a real quarterback if Tebow doesn't turn out well, to be that way. Well, Ross, that's one way of looking at it. I'm not sure he's in, a, he's in an easy position, but I think what he did yesterday was he said he's going to be the starting quarterback in training camp, and hopefully he'll be good enough, keep the job, and he said hopefully he'll be the quarterback for 10 or 12 years. John also said he's going to come out and work with him and work with him a lot and go over his mechanics, et cetera, et cetera. If Tebow gets better, great. But if indeed the time comes and they get somebody they like better, and, and you know John will be able to face the cameras and, and all the fans and say, it's a great kid. We did everything we could to try and make him a, a better quarterback and, and a guy we felt we could win with. 
unfortunately, for it's just not going to work out, and we're moving on. I think John Elway might be the only person who can step in front of the cameras, and that would be accepted by the majority uh, of fans. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's a tough position. I, I've kidded people that in some ways, you know, Tim has held the Broncos hostage because he came in, won some miraculous games, so now they don't get a good draft choice. I mean, what's the alternative? I mean, they're not getting luck. You know, Barkley didn't come out. They're not getting RG3. So they're not getting any of these guys. So now their best alternative is Tim Tebow. Okay, they're going to ride Tim Tebow. But, you know, we talk about the financial aspect of it. Ultimately, in time, you know, in their business, it's about winning because that, that really brings in the money. And in time, there were a lot of games, and if you guys watched it, were horribly dull. Uh, and we go to the Miami game I, for 55 mm-hmm. minutes until the miraculous yeah. comeback. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. never seen a quarterback play worse <laughs> against true. the Bears, against the Jets until the end of these games, against Kansas City a couple of times. He was two for eight in Kansas City, hit Decker on one bomb. And there were times that he really looked kind of lost out there. Now, this is the evolution. Young guy, right? But and he's used to doing things his own way. He's used to be able to tuck the ball in and run over a linebacker and stuff. And you're not going to last long doing it in the NFL. Tim realizes that. John realizes that. Okay, they still want to use his running to their advantage, but but in time you've got to be able to get the job done from the pocket, and he's he's very much a work in progress in that area. Well, you know, at the very least, it was an exciting season, and we had talked when we started this podcast back in July that we were thinking this could be the worst time possible time because the NBA was in lockout and the Broncos were gonna stink and they stunk for a few weeks. The and Rockies are kind of disappointed yeah. a little bit with their season. And then it absolutely turned out to be one of the funnest seasons I've ever had. And uh, Nate, you got anything else you want to talk about? Or I'm just gonna ask you, how, how do you feel about uh, this new social media coming in? Like you were kind of in the early wave of you know when you got here in '91 and throughout yep. that era, and then now you've seen. You know, with Twitter, like yeah. yourself and Vic are on Twitter, and you, you said before that you don't want to offer up your opinion too much, and it seems like with Twitter that that's all it is. is well, Twitter's one thing. I mean, in terms of doing a, a weekly podcast and that kind of thing, you know, Twitter is something where you can get information out very quickly, and really the people who follow you are looking for, you know, they're not particularly interested in my take on world peace. I mean, they're, they're kind of <laughs> right. thinking what I'm going to say about the Broncos and maybe the Rockies, maybe the Nuggets and the Avs and that kind of thing. So that's kind of my audience and stuff. But I think it's a great way to get things out. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you hear something, uh, you know, and, and the people who are really interested. One thing, you know, we used to hold things in television for 5 o'clock. Well, we'd hold things right. for 10 o'clock. You can't do that anymore. And tease If you them. find something, tease them, right? But yeah. if you find something out now, you've got to get it out there. You know, because someone will find out a minute after you did. So that's changed it in, in that way. And, you know, and everybody's got opinions. I just I find, you know, the, the average Joe out there is very brave. And I always say he's typing in his mom's basement. <laughs> that's and, true. Uh, and, and, you know, and he's, and, and he's blasting people. And he's, he may be blasting me or maybe blasting Tebow or blasting Elway. And that's the one thing that gets, uh, it gets to you a little bit, how brave people are behind a keyboard with uh, – the anonymity right. of, of social media. But, you know, you kind of take that all in a grain of salt. Most people just want to have a connection. You know, we tweet during the football games, and we get great response from people who just want to kind of know what we're thinking, what we're seeing, if there's any information that I'm aware of, and, and that kind of thing. So to have that immediacy, and i got about 4,000 people. I think Vic has 8,000 people following him. So we're reaching, you know, however, however many people. That's a specific target audience that wants to know, you know, what, what it is we're talking about. Now, again, we get back to monetizing. Haven't figured out a way to do that yet. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. I mean, it, I, I know growing up for myself, um, the early sports anchor here for me was kind of a Ron Zapolo, and he's sure. he's kind of moved into you know the role news, of the news yeah, anchor, yeah. right? But now yourself, I mean, like you said, you've been here for twenty years, yeah. and it's I mean you're one of the mainstays here, and we really appreciate you know being able to come in and talk to you, and it's been great having you around this town, and look forward to. Uh, what your future holds for you well, as well. Well, we'll see. I mean, Zipolo was great, really great to me when I got here. You know, he was on Channel 9, I was on Channel 4, we're great friends. And that's the one thing, all the guys who do this, we're, we're all friends. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a competition. You know, you don't want to tell people what you're doing. But, you know, we all understand. I mean, who better? That's that's why it, it kind of annoys people sometimes when, when they see uh, players after a game, they're hugging. And, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, and it's clear that they're friends or whatever. But who understands what they go through better than the guys on the other side of the line? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's the same thing with us. I mean, who understands better what we're doing than the other guys who are doing it? So there's a, there's a competitive factor too. But I think we all understand. You know, I, I want the other stations to be strong. I want them to do well. You, you know why? Because then they'll spend money, and and and. and where I work, we'll spend money, and there'll be more jobs for everybody. And it makes everybody better. Just it makes everybody better. I mean, just like the, the saddest thing was when the Rocky went under. Mm-hmm. Of course, they'd been yeah. under the same management with the Denver Post for a few years before that. And the competition died. And the Post still is good, but they don't have to be as good as much on That's their toes very true. as when they had the Rocky battling them all the time. So as you guys get into this business, you want as many strong media outlets as you can. You know, we had... You know, we we and Channel Nine have covered the Broncos, and, and we think we've covered it, you know, more and better. Certainly in recent years, but you know, in, in New England the other night in Foxborough, you know, Channel Seven was there, Channel Thirty One was there, and you'd think we'd say, "Oh, that's too bad." We no, we want them there. Mm-hmm. We want their people to see the importance of it because it stresses to our people how important it is. That's how, that's how you keep your job. You know, when people start yeah. to think, well, people don't care. The other guys aren't going. We'll stop spend, sending those guys, you know, to these things. Um, that's not good for the business. So right. a lot of people might not look at it that way, but that's the, how those of us in the business look at it. Yeah, that's a great point. I like that. That is good. Well, Gary, thank you so much. Okay, fellas. And uh, hopefully we can catch up with you again at some point. That's a deal. Thank right. you. Thank you. And we're back now in the studios after that awesome time we spent out there with Gary Miller. Yeah, it's great to talk to these, you know, these tuned-in reporters who just know everything. You They've know, been, you, just have you know, the inside scoop on every little tidbit. Facts just fly, you know, off the top of their heads. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. I think about how much we sit there and we talk and we throw around stats and things like that. And every time I say something like that, every time I say a stat. I have to qualify it with, right? Is that right? It sounds right. <laughs> but with, with Gary today, he's just throwing things out there, and that's the truly difference between you know professional guys doing this for a long time and us doing this little 21st century ham radio talk show. Yeah. But yet he was still gracious enough to meet with us and come and, and uh, talk to everybody. And uh, some interesting things he said there today, and, and we covered a lot in just a you know, 30, 33-minute interview there. And uh, I, I, I was just, like, blown away at some of the things. First of all, one thing to take away, he and Vic are in discussions already. For another radio show. For another show. somewhere. We didn't delve into that too much, but that's good to hear. Yeah, he probably can't give too much away. He doesn't want to. Yeah, exactly. So that would be great if yeah, he came be back awesome. on. He also had some great things to say about 
Tebow and Elway and all that stuff. I, I mean, that was just a lot of fun. I was, I don't know about you, but I was a little nervous. Were you nervous at all going in there? No, nah, man, I'm a pro's pro. God, I was <laughs> nervous, man. No, it was cool. I mean, it's it was it was great to even hear him talk about you know his start, like kind of you know bouncing around to some smaller places, uh, kind of being you know taken under the wing, you could say a little bit by by Aronzo Polo and you know how he he likes the competition of the other stations and everybody you know doing their best to ensure that you know money keeps flowing into the TV uh the TV world as well as creating jobs and healthy competition is always a good thing. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. And uh I bet people that listen to our podcast are pretty stoked because they probably miss the sound of his soothing voice in his their earbuds. Yeah, better than mine, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was cool too to learn that, you know, I mean, that you don't think about it like he like he said, you know, he was here, he came just as it was announced that the Rockies were going to be born and you know, the avalanche weren't here yet, and you just kind of look back on the Colorado sports scene and just kind of see where everything has grown up here, you know? I so. didn't realize that he, you know, I knew he was here in the early 90s, you know, 91, just, but I didn't realize that they had announced the fact that the that Colorado was going to get a baseball team just two weeks after he got here, and I guess I didn't realize that was a full two years before the Rockies actually played their first game here. Oh, yeah, it's a process. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense now looking back, but that's kind of crazy to think about how exciting that. I mean, I was was very, very young. I mean, and I think when the Rockies played their first game, I was in sixth grade or something. And I remember everybody was just so excited, And but that must have been a fun time. That was fun to hear about that. For some reason, when I think of 1991, like one of my first memories that pops into my head. Let me guess. New Kids on the Block? No, surprisingly. Oh. <laughs> One of the first things that I think about is John Elway in a white Broncos uniform with his long hair poking out the back of his helmet playing on the AstroTurf at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Wow. Remember when the Chiefs had AstroTurf? I remember a lot of places had it. I don't remember the Chiefs having it. Oh, yeah. That was a killer, though, because Derek Thomas coming off the edge on AstroTurf. Oh, Look man. out. That's crazy. I don't know why, but that's what I thought of as soon as, you know, 1991 popped into my head. I was like, L.A. Astro. That was 91. He still had the mullet. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah he probably did. He think he had a mullet till like 95. Yeah. It was still cool then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> L.A. had it. Well, listen, we uh, before we get, you know, we should probably get out of here pretty quick. We did have a second guest lined up today and uh, it didn't work out. There's been. A ton of late-breaking Broncos news this afternoon. Right. Uh, the team has decided not to bring back uh, 17-year strength and conditioning coach Rich Tootin. So they will be looking for a new strength and conditioning coach. Um, offensive coordinator Mike McCoy is going to New York for his second interview with the Miami Dolphins to become their head coach. And the uh, the who do we got here? Lindsey Jones uh, from the Denver Post has, has tweeted out that the Broncos have promoted Matt Russell, formerly of the Colorado Buffs, if you remember him, great linebacker. He's been promoted to director of player personnel, and they named Brian Stark as their West Coast scout. So yes, a lot of moves, a lot of shakeups. The Rich Tootin thing is is pretty crazy. Yeah, after 17 years or something like that, Yeah, which I'm going to be honest, I didn't know he was there for 17 years until when I just saw it on Twitter and I, realized that our guest was probably not going to be able to make his uh, – Call in time. Yeah. Should, he, we, should we say who it is? I, I never like to say who it's going to be. Should we just say? Yeah, go ahead. Man. All right. It was Jeff Legwald of the Denver Post. We'll get him on next week. He uh, has uh, just shot me an email, said, sorry, things came up. 
really busy. So uh, we understand that completely. And of course, Legwald is the, uh, is, is the beat writer, the beat reporter for the Broncos that does a, a fantastic job on his own time of you know promoting Hall of Fame players. And we had Carl Mecklenburg on. He did sing uh, Legwald's praises in that department. So you know we're hoping to get him on here hopefully next week and um, or whenever it's convenient for him and we can bend his ear on uh, just what he does um, you know, for, for the Denver post and as well as promoting these Broncos to the hall of fame committee. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy because Gary was talking about Jeff Legwald and I thought this is going to be perfect because he's going to talk about Legwald. And then all of a sudden we're going to, you know, come back and do that interview. And it didn't work out this time, but, uh, we were very, uh, we're very, very happy with the way this episode did turn out. Gary Miller back, uh, on the, on the ear, in your earbuds for the first time since he left, left his radio show. Phenomenal interview. Great Phenomenal. to hear, you know, his thoughts on everything from how the Hall of Fame voting goes to, you know, being a big baseball guy and everything that he does, uh, you know, for this town that he's been doing since the 90s. Yes. Remarkable to have such a, a talented professional work in uh, our great city for such a long time. Yes, it is fantastic. So that'll do it. I think episode number 24. Yeah, get to your uh, TVs tonight. Check out the Denver Nuggets. We're on a huge road trip. We're going to be doing this Saturday. If anybody is around, we're going to have a, a Denver Stiffs, Stiffs night out at Jake's downtown. Check out denverstiffs.com if you want to come meet up for that. Uh, myself, I will be there. Ross Martin is going to try to make it. He's got uh, some other engagements. He's a very busy guy, so maybe he'll be there. Maybe he won't. <laughs> but you get to see the man, the mystery known as Ross Martin. <laughs> Who are we going to dedicate this episode to? Man, tough call. I mean, I was hoping that, you know, the Broncos would keep playing for two veterans. I wanted to see Brian Dawkins, you know, have a have a chance to win a Super Bowl ring. And I wanted uh, a mainstay now of the Denver defense, Champ Bailey, number 24. I wanted to see him get to the Super Bowl. Right, let's dedicate it to Brian Dawkins and Champ Bailey. And let's, let's ask them to come back next season because nobody's ruling them out. I mean, you always wonder when guys get to that stage of their career. But Dawkins and Bailey could be free and strong safety next season for the Broncos and then maybe bring in a couple more quarterbacks. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. But that'll do it, I think, for this episode. Yeah, man. Everybody, have a great night. Go watch the Nuggets. Come see us this weekend. We'll see you next week. <laughs>